Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, this concert in Houston at the what I would call the Astrodome. It's Energy Park where the Astros play. Travis Scott was having Astro World. It's uh, he's a rapper. It was a concert there. This is a huge, huge um, venue. It's it seats seventy thousand baseball fans. But when you convert it to a concert place, it's like two hundred thousand people could fit in there. Yeah, it's huge because the field and everything. It's just a gigantic. It's almost an you know, it's really an outdoor kind of experience. And there were 50,000 people there. And what happened was the the official story and what I think really happened or some of the stuff that was coming out at first are very, very different. And it looks like the official story is dominating the airwaves. They're not even mentioning the stuff that was coming out in the beginning. But there was a little bit of there where I think they had jumped the fence, the gate at the beginning of the concert. But that was it. There wasn't a lot of other mayhem. But eight people died. Eight people died. And there were there's always people pushing. I, I used to go to shows at Giant Stadium. I remember really getting squished and climbing on people's shoulders and stuff like that. Really, really big events. But what the stories that were coming out at first were that so eight people died. They died of cardiac arrest. Did you hear about this? Yeah. They, they died of cardiac arrest. Do you know why? I saw one story where one security officer was claiming that he got pricked in the neck. Yes, and I believe that is really what was happening. So I think people, somebody, I, I think it was absolutely an operation and that people were killed if they really did die. Um, but that those, I think they did, I feel like they did, that they were killed by injection. And the way the news is covering it, I looked at the New York Times this morning because I knew that would be the most buttoned up of the official narrative. And the way they framed it, they didn't say these young people, teens and young people, young adults dying of heart attacks after claiming that there were injections. They said stuff like drugs were involved. That security guard who got pricked in the neck was revived using Norcan, which made it or Narcan, whatever it's called, making it sound like it was opioid, that these were recreational drugs. I don't believe that for a minute. And then in the New York Times article, it says the most common cause of injury and death in crowds is compressive asphyxia. When people are pushed against one another so tightly that they're airways become constricted, said Steve Edelman, a lawyer and the vice president of the Event Safety Alliance, an advocacy group. This happens most often during a, quote, crowd crush, when the audience is packed together so tightly that people cannot move, but it can also occur during a stampede. So this was just a theoretical paragraph that really has nothing to do with what happened because... there. I, I even saw it once because the people died of heart attacks, not of asphyxia. And they're in the New York Times article. They link to a Reddit site that had a 30 second video of some guy climbing up onto the, you know, the relay station or whatever, like where the guy has a mixer in the middle of the crowd, you know, maybe halfway up the front area seating. You always see it there. You can sometimes sit on the edges of it. big sound booth. Yeah, there you go. So he was climbing up on the thing and he was saying, people are dying. Stop the concert. And like the first thing I thought was, first of all, why is this in the New York Times of all the videos that could be in the New York Times? Why is that? And he was being hushed. And I immediately thought of what Anne said when she was uh, 
on the scene in Jan- on January 6th when someone came out and said, oh, someone's dead, someone's dead. And she said, hey, you're full of shit. I'm from the Bronx. I can smell it coming a mile away. And and she said she was just fishy, like there were people in the crowd trying to gin up this story. And that's what that reminded me of. And and I didn't see any evidence of a stampede. When, when people get crushed, it's quite often against something hard. So you get crushed when it's crushing against the stage and there's no place for it to let out that. And, and a lot of people will kind of get sick and that, that kind of sickness and stuff happens, starts happening before it's such a crush that people die, especially it seems to me in my observation, because, uh, you know, I've seen these stories before. I hate concerts, so I'm not a huge fan. And I know these things happen, but I've always been kind of fascinated with it. And, and a lot of times it happens when they're like squished up against someplace. And that did not appear to be happening in that little video. And uh, there's sort of there's some narratives that are coming out. Oh, yeah. So there were 50,000 people there, you know, because that's how many tickets there are. You know exactly how many people are in there. And now they had on the news today, I was listening to Fox News, some guy, I don't know if he had some official position, I think he might have saying there was at least 100,000 people there. It was so crowded. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, oh, really? So you personally by your personal experience being squished in a crowd, you can tell the difference between 50 and 100,000 people. I mean, the guy who runs the venue can tell the difference between 50 and 100,000 people. Uh, and there would have had to have been 50,000 people there who didn't have tickets, which is kind of hard to, you know, that, that's a little hard. I, I mean, you'd really have just knocked the, the, the doors down and really 50,000 extra people showing up. I don't buy any of it. But there are definitely some themes and memes emerging Right now. So I consider this there was a false flag event, in my opinion. And uh, the things that they are saying is that there were medical, there were third party, it was a third party medical company that provided that security. And I think there was probably third party security. And they're saying that the security guards um, were inadequate, insufficient. The medical help were like deer in headlights. They didn't know what to do. And I would say, so they're saying like it was understaffed and undermanned and whatever. And I would say, if what you think you're doing is fighting a war on a battlefield, yeah, that you need more security and you need more medical. But there have been thousands, if not millions of events like this held over the past 50 years. And you don't get stuff like this happening. This is not organic. So nobody plans for something that is beyond the realm of possibility. And, and if it's, so when you gin something up like this, you you would overwhelm the resources. And I'd be surprised if these guys didn't know how to do CPR. They're probably shocked that there were eight kids dead of heart attacks. That would make you a deer in the headlights, probably. So they all died of heart attacks? I, that was the or initial reports were all eight were cardiac arrest and they were teens and young adults. I mean, that's just not it's asphyxia. So that's why I looked up. I was like, oh, I already knew. I was like, that's not how they die. They usually die because your lungs get crushed. And low in the New York Times article, it said usually you die because your lungs get crushed. But it did not say in that article, the paper of record, that the people died of cardiac arrest. And I think that the officials in Houston are keeping the 
the story under wraps for now. I don't think they're coming out with that. And they'll probably get gotten to. Like, you can't, they can tell them to shut up about it if this is that kind of an operation or it'll just be caught up in a swirl of rumors. I'm coming out saying I believe that, those initial reports, but I doubt I'll ever be able to prove it. And they're not linking those kind of videos in the New York Times. They're only linking the guy who people are like, nobody's dying. What are you talking about? So... The, some of the messages here that I'm hearing are crowds are scary and bad. Just when you thought it was safe to go to a concert, you'd probably be a lot better off in the metaverse. You could go see better stuff. You can dance with your friends. That would be good. You won't get COVID. They're really trying to shut down our physical space to make us afraid of the world, of um, being out around people, of having human experiences. And it had also... The cops said, well, we could have shut down the show, but with 50,000 young people, you might expect riots. I thought he was being racist (laughs) (laughs) underneath it all. And um, they did say the FBI warned Travis Scott or that the police warned Travis Scott about that that could happen before. And also he's been charged previously with three misdemeanors for inciting riots at other concerts. He apparently has a history of inciting. Yeah, he. He said so. So I, I ignored that thing about they they warned him like that's all just bullshit. They always warn you. They're like, these are the things that can happen. That's true. And um, and yeah, he got up and he was like, yeah, you know what you're here to do. And then the answer was like, make the ground shake. But it's just like Trump saying stuff that they're just like, you see, he was inciting them to riot. He was saying, don't give up the fight. Remember, it was stuff like that. Well, so, I believe yeah. he's incited them to like surge against security I, and stuff in the past. I wouldn't be in the slightest surprised and that would make me think that they were they would that he was asking that's why he's the patsy because that's more plausible that he would be the guy but they have these other agendas at work that i think this is all pointing to and there was uh you know of course you have always the other thing like the promoters and the rappers and everybody is all about profits not people which is just why didn't they stop the show um and, uh, you know, the Vegas shooting, that was an outdoor uh, oversized event. I think they're probably trying to bring all that down. They're also saying there were reports that he is much crazier than 2019. This totally plays into the whole airline passengers are killing each other kind of theme. But I think this thing is totally inorganic. And uh, and I and I'm sure they're tightening up the story as we speak. But to see, I don't know what the additional memes will come through as but that's definitely part of it having norcan everywhere is going to be part of it of course you mentioned the metaverse yeah remember that thing you showed us on rockfin with the concert of the colbert guy yeah in the metaverse that's the first thing i thought of here is like they just want us to go to the metaverse yeah the facebook presentation of the metaverse or meta presentation showed a concert and it was explaining how wow your friend could be at a concert in real life, you can show up to a concert virtually and y'all could be there together in the metaverse. So your ghost self, basically your avatar and your friend actually being there. And Facebook isn't the only company, Meta, I'm going to have to get used to calling them Meta, that is preparing for the metaverse. Nike has just in this past week, they have filed for seven patents for seven trademarks for virtual clothing. So 
virtual Nike brand clothing. The file trademarks include filings for the Nike name, the slogan "Just Do It," the swoosh logo, the Jumpman logo, and of course the Air Jordan logo. And what this, what they're looking for when it comes to hiring is they're currently looking for virtual material designers of footwear and other virtual product designer roles. And they say this job is going to be part of a production creation team that is focusing on igniting the virtual revolution at Nike. They're protecting their trademark so that they can go ahead and cash in on this NFT craze. So you're not going to be able to put a virtual swoosh sign on your avatar or anything that looks like it now because Nike is going to have the rights to that and they're they're protecting those logos to get this next stream of income coming in which right now since the supply chains are blocked they they can move over and focus on the digital where the supply yes. chains are not blocked. Oh my gosh, that's so smart because one of the things I was observing was that they are going to block up the supply chains to ruin our Christmas, but not if you have digital gifts. Exactly. So you can get the, it's really kind of crazy because you can get the digital Nike, the digital Swoosh, the the Air Jordans are hard to get and they're expensive. They're really expensive, especially, and they're going to be expensive in the metaverse as well. So Edward Bernays created, basically helped create consumerism, helped create desire, people, the desire to buy things that you don't need at all to help businesses boom. This is consumerism taken virtual and to just a gross level of where people feel like they need to show their status symbols by buying a virtual pair of Nikes for their avatar. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Dude, I could not be further from that. Like, really, that is so and I I attribute that to my parents, like their religion prepare, you know, is like an armor against this kind of crap. They were right. Like the more that I recall the things that they taught me about morality, the more I see that those things are the armor against this materialistic, exploitive, fear driven world. Absolutely. And I wonder, too, like, so if you buy a Nike offline, does that transfer through the virtual world or do you have to buy a separate outfit for your virtual avatar? I always felt that when I bought a book that was coming to my door, I should get the Kindle version free, but I do not. And some of the books, you do get it free. You can read it immediately. Mm, You can. Yeah, that's only that's only the beginning. That's just they're just giving you a sample. I do that. Like they'll say, want to start reading right now? Right. Yeah. And then you go, but it's not the whole book. Oh, that's it's not just, the whole book. It's okay, just the sample that, the that you would have gotten anyway. Wow. I mean, I've the seen art- a special once in a while, but very rarely. Yeah. This article does say that this is this is will enable them to police their trademarks in the virtual world. So they could be looking to file some lawsuits if they start seeing people have some black market swoosh symbols or some black market Air Jordans. And they say will also add value to their overall brand as trademarks are a form of property. So this is there. Going ahead and cornering that market in the, in the metaverse. This metaverse thing is happening. It, it is happening. It might not happen exactly the way Zuckerberg laid it out, but with these big corporations planning for it and with NFTs coming on the scene, because that's what this is. These are NFTs. At first, it was like, what is this? What are these NFTs people are paying lots of money for, which is basically nothing? Now we're starting to see what the purpose of the NFTs were. They are the property inside the metaverse. Walmart is going automated. They are automating their 
trucks, actually. They have announced no today. No way. Yeah. They have already started doing this. They, they have started using fully driverless trucks in their online grocery businesses. They teamed up with a Silicon Valley company called Gaddick to operate autonomous box trucks without a safety driver. They showed a picture of it. Actually, there's a video on the article. I'll link it in the show notes where you can watch the truck. It's a big box truck. Looks like a regular box truck, just newer. No driver. You can see it pulling up to the Walmart. Nobody there. And right now, they're operating two of these autonomous box trucks on a seven-mile loop for 12 hours a day. And the trucks are loaded for groceries at the Walmart Fulfillment Center. These are called dark stores. And then the orders are then taken to the nearby Walmart neighborhood market. And they're unloaded there just 12 hours a day. And those are private roads, I assume. And they're probably specially built. They didn't say anything about private roads, because I, my understanding of driverless cars is that you need infrastructure changes for those to really be able to operate. Like, I'm not sure you could put a car like that, a truck like that on a regular street. Maybe you can. But I would assume that if it's the, if it's a very defined route that Walmart would just go in personally, they either own the road or they would just make the improvements with permission to make it so. Yeah. Because they put like like magnet strips. So I have this little... I was going to call it a roofie. It's definitely not a roofie. It's a Yuffie or a Roomba. It's a vacuum. And you can put magnetic strips near the stairs so it doesn't kill itself. And I think you kind of need that. You know, they do stuff like that for safety. And that is what I would expect from the stuff like that in the infrastructure bill. Yeah, that's interesting. They are working on the smart roads. I know they're testing a smart road here on a portion of the highway in Georgia. I didn't see anything about that in the article or in the video, but perhaps there is some sort of upgraded smart road that they're using. There's also another company that this article talked about called Alberston's, which is operating supermarket, which, which operates Alberton's super- supermarket. Yes. Alberton supermarkets, Safeway and Kings are the supermarkets. And they're testing what they call a last mile delivery with this startup company called Tortoise. And how they do it is they have these remote controlled tortoise carts and they fill them with groceries that are filled by employees, and then the carts are then operated remotely by tortoise drivers using an Xbox controller to navigate to the customer's home. And they showed these. So the first ones, the ones that Walmart are using, you would not be able to tell that it was a driverless truck until you pulled up next to it and looked over and got freaked out that there was nobody driving this very normal-looking truck. These just appear to be like giant kind of shopping carts that are automated that you just speed across the road with a remote control sitting in your living room or something. It seems kind of very dangerous and all based on how good the person dress. So this is where video game skills can come into play here. If you're very good at controlling a race car or something in an e- with an Xbox controller, then perhaps you'd be a good tortoise driver to take groceries back and forth. Maybe that's what that's all about. I always wondered about the drones. If, yeah, I, if kids maybe, were being trained to be drone operators. Jeez. Well, that's where I would recruit them because some of these kids can operate those things with their, their eyes closed. So we've seen a lot of unions emerge lately. Unions are kind of having their moment right now. You know, along with protest and these protests, some of them are now being organized by these union heads. Well, Starbucks is union 
is vote, there's a union vote set up for Starbucks, which could be like a, a big moment for them. On Wednesday, the National Labor Relations Board will mail ballots to employees at three Starbucks corporation coffee shops in and around the Buffalo area, and they will vote over the next four weeks on whether to establish the first ever unionized locations among the chain's thousands of corporate-run U.S. stores. Now, Starbucks has been very resistant to being unionized before, but this they want to capture, according to these union members, this is a former NLRB chairman attorney named Wilma Lieberman, who was speaking on behalf of the employees, saying this would give them an inroad to also unionizing restaurants in the area. So they don't, they don't just want the coffee oh. shops. They also want to unionize the restaurants. And I found it really interesting that many of the workers joined the Workers United the union, the Workers United Union, and what is the guy? S-E-I-U? The big one, the international, S-I-E-U? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. The, the Service Employees International Union, yes. Yeah, they were behind Occupy Wall Street with Soros. Were they? That's how I knew them, yeah. So, one of the guys that was quoted, and this is a barista there, says that you can you can't tell us that we're essential workers and then also tell us that we shouldn't have a voice or equal say well it turns out this guy who's being quoted is an activist barista who before he was hired last year at starbucks was employed by the workers union by by workers united as an organizer on on a successful unionization campaign at another buffalo area coffee chain I find that interesting because remember we did a Rockfin deep dive where they were, it was a World Economic Forum where the guy was talking about getting power within organizations by creating intrapreneurs. Yes. You put somebody on the inside who can then work their way up, co opting. I think that was the JFK school guy. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, the JFK, JFK school guy. This is to me is an example of an intrapreneur. You put an activist on the inside, then they instantly start turning people against the corporation to create gripe and then say, we need to be unionized. But it goes even beyond that. In my opinion, I totally agree with you. That's definitely what this looks like. But it seems to me that the unions, and you can go back to a Brzezinski book from the 70s, uh, I forget the name of it, where uh, he they talk about you have to control everyone through non-democratic methods. So... If you can get everybody into a union or into a uh, university or into a corporation, you can control them because they have a lot of loyalty internally like that. So I always I would never work at a union place. Um, I would never want to work at a chain because I waitress for a long time. And that was just like you never made as much money. Yeah, you got bonuses. Uh, you got um, benefits, but you had to do a lot of side work. It was just it was a grind. It was a it just really took out your tips, made your hourly pay really, really high. If you had to stay there for two extra hours cleaning that brought your wages way way down and nobody wanted anything to do with that in my opinion and when they started that replace the 15 percent tip with a 15 percent surcharge and give the waitresses 15 dollars an hour that's just highway robbery and there were a bunch of uh, restaurateurs behind that and there were lawsuits against them as colluding against the waiters and even in dc when they voted for that thing to happen the waiters and waitresses were up in arms but they still could not get it overturned this is completely meant to control the waiters and waitresses and take any kind of value from the tipping and stuff and push it up into the corporations and also make the little guy go out of business and what's interesting is that starbucks already raised their minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour they already give free yeah. college they already give health care right. to part-time employees they already do racial bias trainings 
the guy who was who founded it came out and said that. Why would you need somebody outside to come do that when we're already doing this? It's about that control, about what you're saying. And this is like a Saul Alinsky tactic. He used to do this stuff all the time. Well, also, it's not going to cost Starbucks anything to have that implemented through a union, just like Costco. Costco is always for raising minimum wages so that it Fs over Walmart because Walmart doesn't have that. But Costco has unions and big money. So Starbucks... They may say they don't want it, but they probably do want it because then your mom and pop coffee shop next door won't even be legally allowed in some cases to not to give these guys two dollars an hour. But you can make 30 bucks an hour in tips. I used to make 30 bucks an hour in tips a long time ago. So now it's got to be way more than that. So I just I this is all a scam. There's a few things where there's money on the table for the unskilled worker, construction, truck driving, waitresses, and all of those things are under attack. And I had one quick thing about the we had a big meetup this week weekend here in Pasadena. I'll tell you about that at, at the end of this free 30. But Kat, my one of the gals there, not our cat from Atlanta, cat from out here. She showed pictures of how she had been in Starbucks and there were already stickers there. There's a mandate coming here that you can't go into a restaurant or a bar without being vaccinated. There's already stickers on the Starbucks table that says you may not sit at this table if you are not fully vaccinated. <laughs> and what I didn't notice when she was showing me the video, but only in retrospect, is all the tables were empty. Oh, I've never seen wow. a Starbucks with empty tables, but I, I, I think most people out here are vaccinated. I don't really even get it. But then I went out to dinner for my wedding anniversary and at a really nice place. And I sat outside because I didn't know if the thing was coming down and there was not a single person sitting inside. And I said, why did you guys close the dining room? She says, no, nobody wants to sit in there. So they're probably just double paranoid and not like whatever. But it's weird stuff is a happening. But before we get to our last big story of the free 30 where i am going to tell you what is in the infrastructure bill that passed on friday and some interesting observation i had about how it really 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 works in washington but before we get to that i want to tell you what we're going to get to in the xr portion of the dnb today and that is Uh, A couple of things from me. Another defensive homicide goes in the books as a gun crime. I'll tell you about that pervasive phenomenon. Also, it looks like Biden's vax mandate for private companies has been halted by a judge. How long will that last? I'll tell you what I think by in the after our show and a the NBA is facing even more vaccine requirements. Binkley's going to tell us about that. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. This is a labor of love. So listen up. We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show, and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI, and some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife, Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of this serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare 
rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature. Yet because of MRIs, it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies. The long-term effects of using this heavy metal in the millions of MRIs that are done every year are not yet known. Molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all. Knowledge is power. So learn more about gadolinium in MRIs at Molly's website, www.mridie.com. That's www.mridie.com. And as I've said before, when we were faced with this uh, question of whether or not to get an MRI based on what I had been aware of because of Molly, uh, we discovered that you can get an MRI without the dye. They say it's they don't prefer it. The doctors don't like it, but it worked out fine for us. So it may be an option for you. So I think that's just really nice that Molly spends her, uh, dedicates herself to that cause. And also I, we dedicate ourselves to this cause, the cause of raising awareness to all the total and utter nonsense that's being piped into our brains constantly by the mainstream media, the propaganda that we cannot escape, but at least we can use it against them by understanding what it's really about. That's what Binkley and I try to do. And you can support our efforts in a variety of ways, including uh, something that's a win-win for all of us. So we provide as much extra content as we can. We do like to get support from people who are getting a little something extra. So if you join rockfin.com slash propaganda report, you can get this show, but 50 minutes commercial free every single day, as well as deep dives and all the videos that we do go up on Rockfin. Also, if you want it in RSS feed form, become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report, where you get the 50 minute commercial free DNB, including the XR in in your on your favorite podcasting platform every day you can buy a t-shirt or some other propaganda report logo stuff at our store which you can find at thepropreport.com and if you just want to float a few bucks because you like to keep the free stuff coming for everybody there's a place on thepropreport.com for you to donate with that on to our last big story of the free 30 and that is that the infrastructure bill passed Biden signed it. Congress passed it. This isn't the human infrastructure bill, which is not an infrastructure bill at all. This is just an infrastructure bill. And the next bill, the human infrastructure bill, probably won't pass for a while. They've got some kabuki theater they're going to do around that. But I have to say, nothing enraged me more over this than the story I saw in my top five stories in my Google feed this morning, which was... You know my head's going to explode. When I tell you this, you can just imagine. Headline was Trump uh, criticizes McConnell and rhino Republicans for passing an infrastructure bill that was full of bad stuff instead of good stuff. I mean, it was just one of those, like, I think he scratched it out on a crayon kind of crap. It really pissed me off. But, of course, you know why that infuriated me no end. Because Trump brought infrastructure to the right. <laughs> and that, yeah. I mean, there were laws against the states having infrastructure, infrastructure spending uh, like during the Civil War era because it was such a disaster. Republicans have always known it's been in their DNA. Infrastructure is just not something we want to spend money on. The federal government should not own everything, build everything. It's full of cronyism and corruption. 
and Obama could never have done it. But the only policy item that Trump mentioned on the day he got elected in November 2016 was an infrastructure. We'll pass an infrastructure plan. And then all the financial guys started funds for infrastructure spending. This thing passed and the stock market went up, not because it's good for this company, but because a country, but because it's totally inflationary, in my opinion. Yeah, it's spending, but it's probably quite inefficient spending. It's going to be debt spending. The markets love that uh, for now. The measure passed 228 to 206 with 13 Republicans joining most Democrats to support the legislation, while six progressive Democrats voted against it just for show, I'm sure. And at the meetup, James was there and he was really hot under the collar for something that makes me mad, too. <laughs> he said he and he put it very well, but he was really adamant about it. He's like Trump gets out there. He <clears throat> uh, paves the way for more progressives, more progressive progressives on the left, as well as rhinos coming back into vogue, like through Virginia, where everybody's all excited because the Virginia Governor is now a Republican, Youngkin, but as James was just really his head was exploding because he's the he was a high mucky muck at the Carlisle group, which it doesn't get more globalist than the Carlisle group. I mean, it's like I think that might have even been the one where James Baker, the secretary of state, like super deep state dude is a, a principal there. I believe it's his thing. It's just it's really it's like the. You know, Monsanto Rumsfeld thing, but in private equity and stuff. So uh, he really was tweaking over that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the progressives are part of this show, too. And let's see, I, I'm going to pick and choose what I tell you about because there is so, so much. The two things that I really want to highlight is an article I saw in the Wall Street Journal, here's the headline. The infrastructure bill gives Biden administration greater say over projects. The bill provides dozens of transportation grants that will likely need Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Gig's blessing. Okay, so what does that mean? Uh, I will, I'll try to put it in perspective for you. It's, it says that typically transportation funds are allocated via a traditional formula of states base, based on uh, population, gas tax revenue, other factors. But this bill includes dozens of competitive grant programs in which the transportation department will pick recipients from applications by state and local governments. That means booty gig and other top officials will have a greater say in which projects get selected for funding. And this reminds me of Rick Bright, the biomedical advanced research guy resigned, not because he thought cronyism was behind FDA approvals, but cronyism was behind the money that the feds give to pick and choose the winners in pharma. I see it here too. And this is where I think it puts it in perspective. It says it's unprecedented. About 120 billion of the 550 billion in new spending will come in the form of competitive transportation grants. 120 billion dollars this guy has to spread around. That is unbelievable. That's big um, gig has that to spread around essentially. He, he basically has that power. And here's where the punchline is on all of it is then I remembered and I've talked about this before, but I finally actually found it. I found it. And it is an email that was sent from Jim Biden 
to uh, a guy who was facilitating their Chinese joint venture for infrastructure for spending. And I told you, uh, Tony Bobulinski revealed this and a lot of other documents. But this was the email that really stood out for me. It was called phase one domestic contacts slash projects. Okay, so they have phase one of investment they were going to spend on infrastructure. This is Chinese money. So it's really they were going to spend here. So you're you're it's like weird, like you're outsourcing and exporting stuff that you that looks to you like it's a purely American project. And it's not. And all of the contacts, all of them were government high ranking government officials who had their hands on those purse strings. But we're talking, this is like $4 billion worth of stuff. I can't remember. That's just vaguely a number in the back of my head. What Boudigay's got his hands on now is 120 billion. And I just wanted to rattle off again, the people that the Bidens felt were contacts for their Chinese investment. Who is going to give you the deals? Who's going to spend the money for the Chinese we have your guys, Andrew Cuomo, um, Bill de Blasio, Governor Terry McAuliffe, the uh, Virginia guy who just got ousted, um, Al Franken, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, you know, to me, Booty Gig gets to wheel and deal with these people or they get to wheel and deal with Booty Gig. And I think they say, OK, we have plans. We have plans for China. We have plans for um, how we want the world to be reshaped. We have plans for how we want the infrastructure to go. Klaus and Bill Gates. You go to Booty Gig, who's a total deep stater, total. Uh, and you say to him, look, you know what we want. And you just make sure that happens and get yourself rich along the way like Biden did. Go for it. And I'm sure Biden is going to get rich along the way. Governor Rick Scott in Florida. It says literally, it says a uh, personal friend of my good friend and close friend of my good friend, the sh- former sheriff of Broward County. This is all in there. Like these are our good friends. Jerry Brown, Diane Feinstein, Ga- Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Eric Garcetti, and even Kevin Faulkner, who I, I might even voted for him to replace. I didn't vote for him, but um, I think maybe my husband did. I don't know. But to replace Newsom. I mean, this was the guy we thought was the opposite guy. From yeah. Newsom, but they're all that California is the absolute worst. Can you believe that? Feinstein, Feinstein, Jerry Brown, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Eric Garcetti, and Kevin Faulkner. Wow. So this just this is how it really works, in my opinion. This is what it, it there's all that stuff that Bill Gates wants, all the stuff that Klaus wants, but just like Google is a way for the CIA to have investors pay for the surveillance state. This is the same thing. It's just they 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 bring their plans down and they get rich along the way. It's all a racket. War is a racket. Infrastructure spending is a racket. Okay, so I have a little bit of a wrap because we had the meetup. I wanted to give a big shout out to all the people who came to the meetup um, in Pasadena. We I was a little nervous. I had it at the place of a real courageous guy. I did not. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, the man, there was a mandate that said that we could not go into that restaurant. And I was really worried about it because I just didn't know what we were going to do. And I just thought, well, we'll be able to handle it by some like act of God and, and a clerical error. The mandate couldn't take place until Monday. So today, 
and I don't know, like I haven't tried to go anywhere today. Yeesh. So anyway, so we all went, we had a good time and other podcasters showed up. We saw legs and Buffalo Rambler of the false reality podcast. We saw, oh my gosh, Adonis Lawrence and his wife from Grand Theft uh, world that was absolutely fantastic we saw it just it was really fun and some people who couldn't come i actually had a few zoom calls shannon and rachel big shout out to you sorry you couldn't make it i talked to christine and ashley over the weekend in a little zoom call because we're cooking up a mom's only zoom party oh, so i think yeah that's we're going to change the world with that for a little moral support and also uh, by brainstorming best practices and uh oh my gosh do you see my can you read my shirt i'm part of the control and then i can't see the last part group i'm part of the control group yes that's awesome yeah super subtle (laughs) yeah i have a t-shirt that says i'm part of the control group because we are in phase five trials check it out phase five trials where they they give a drug to the population and they see how it reacts well i'm in the control group i'm not taking the drug this shirt was sent to me by lawrence from grand theft world i was his first customer he um I did support his effort, even though he meant it to be a freebie. But I asked him, because I loved it so much, if he would make a um, promo code for Propaganda Report listeners if they want to check out his T-shirts. They're very cute. This one's extremely subtle, um, but soft and well-fitting. So if you go to freedomunitedrevolts.com, freedomunitedrevolts.com, we'll put it in the show notes, and use Prop Report, you can get 10% off of that. And uh, I wanted to show him some support for showing me some support. And he gave me a really, really nice shout-out. YouTube Binkley on Grand Theft World on Sunday night. So I put that in the show notes and also he's the richard groves guy i put our interview with richard grove in the show notes it was really really fun associating with those guys and then the last thing i'm going to tell you about is that tomorrow we have a live stream on rockfin and actually all of our platforms with garland at six o'clock eastern 3 p.m pacific if you want to plug in for that did i tell you that binkley (laughs) <laughs> you just told me just now. I didn't mean I. I had it. We had it. It was a different I saw it. time. I think I saw it. Was it was a different time earlier. Saying. But Garland has a press conference. He's got some news for us, and I thought it was worthwhile having it yeah, on the definitely. same day. So we pushed it back, but it will be live streamed. So please join us for that. <sighs> and I will take a breath before the XR. All right, fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. You can sign up there. You can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and check us out there as well. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DNB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.